Welcome to Living Water Radio. Have you ever walked on water? Jesus walked on water more than once. Today we're going to talk about what that means for us. My name is Pastor David Birkenau. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. Have you ever walked on water? I have, many times. I used to walk across frozen lakes and rivers all the time. I walked on the frozen pond we made with a garden hose on our backyard, and on the delicate ice sheets in the streets and on the sidewalks. Well, ice is water too, right? It's just in its solid form. Walking on water in its liquid form? That's something else. That's an attention-getter. That creates an impression. We can't do it. It wouldn't even occur to us to try. Jesus walked on water in its liquid form several times. We see one time in John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. It was a dark and stormy night. It was the night after the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus had withdrawn to the mountain to pray after people were about to come and take him by force to make him king. The disciples had left the venue without Jesus and were heading back to Capernaum, their home base in Galilee. It was the location of Peter's mother-in-law's house, and they often stayed there. This is how the story begins in John 6, verses 16 and 17. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. Jesus had not yet come to them? Well, how was he going to come to them? He was in the hills above the northeast corner of the Sea of Galilee. They were out at sea. And then one of those sudden storms came up. They were commonplace when the cold mountain air circulated with the warmer below-sea-level sea air. The wind was heaving in from a direction that made their sail useless. They had to get out the oars and row in a storm at night. They rowed for a mile, then two miles, then three, maybe four. And that's when we pick up the story in verse 18. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near their boat. And they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. How would you react if it was dark and stormy and you thought you saw someone walking on the water toward you? Yeah, they were terrified. Do you like scary movies? One of the prime methods for structuring scary movies is to let the viewer see the source of danger that the characters in the movie don't. And sometimes they let you think you see the danger, but you don't. It's coming from someone else. 
That's where the disciples were in this event. They saw Jesus, but they didn't know it was Jesus. They were in a storm. They were scared. And then they saw someone walking on water. People don't walk on water. So what was coming at them? Was it a demon? What, what, was it a ghost? It was getting closer. It was coming directly at them. They were terrified. Then Jesus says, it is I. Do not be afraid. There are those words again. I don't know if that calmed them down much, at least not right away. What was he doing there? Who walks on water in a storm? On the water! And then they knew. The story concludes with verse 21. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. I'm not sure what immediately means here as the disciples and Jesus were about halfway to their destination at this point. John is highly symbolic, though. There are layers upon layers of meaning in the Gospel of John. Perhaps it means that when they saw it was Jesus, they knew they were okay. Jesus is life's destination. Life's storms mean nothing to Jesus, and Jesus will calm us in our life's storms when we recognize him for who Jesus is our Savior. When Jesus is within us, we're all in the same boat, and that means that we're going to make it home. Walking on water is a miracle, but miracles point to the way the world was supposed to be at creation and to the new heaven and the new earth that God will bring after the judgment. God will restore God's intentions at creation. In fact, The word John often uses for miracles is signs. Signs point to something else. The pivot point between the beginning and the end is the cross. Jesus is the beginning and the end. Dr. Roberta Heston has taught at Fuller Seminary in Pasadena for many years and then was called to serve as president at Eastern College, a Christian college near Philadelphia. She came back to Pasadena to deliver a lecture and told about the graduation of her first class of students. She said that the class officers had come to the administration with a special request. Eastern has a beautiful campus, and graduations are traditionally held next to an on-campus lake. The graduating class process processes down a lush green hill on the shore of this lake to take their seats for the graduation ceremony. The class officers asked if they could install sheets of plexiglass just below the surface of the water so that they could walk down the hill, walk on water, and then take their seats. The request was, sadly for them, denied. The disciples saw Jesus, but they didn't know who he was. He was revealed to them in the midst of a storm. I don't suppose that the storms in our lives are the first place we would look for Jesus. In fact, for many people, it's the last place. But among we who are being saved, that's where Jesus is. He is with us in our suffering. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. We may be at the end of the pandemic, and maybe we're not. We've seen our share of life's storms, and many of us have lost a lot. But many of us have also gained in the recognition that God has been with us at every stage of the pandemic and continues to be there with us. I have long thought that crisis is an amplifier of who we are as persons. What was weak gets weaker. 
what was strong gets stronger. And so it is with faith. Faith is like a beard. If you let it grow, it becomes the first thing people notice about you. Faith is a living relationship with the one true living God. It transforms us. We are made a new creation. We are born again because of the indwelling power of God pointing us to the cross as the pivot point of human history and of our personal histories. We live in Christ because Christ died for us. That is a countercultural life, and people notice. Jesus is the destination. Life's storms mean nothing to Jesus, and Jesus will calm us in all of life's circumstances, including in our life's storms, when we recognize him for who he is, our Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. Whatever turns the pandemic may take, however hard we may have to row against the wind, we know that Jesus is with us and will be with us forever. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. When Jesus is within us, we're all in the same boat with Jesus, and that means that we're going to make it home. Today, let's remember to pray for the leaders of our government and of our church. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal, and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses, and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay at home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.